Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by the United Ways of Chautauqua County. United Way is a nonprofit organization with a mission to mobilize the community to help every person and family improve their lives. Last year, their Volunteer Income Tax Assistance, or VITA program, helped 1,400 households file their taxes for free. This year, the expanded child tax credit is available to Chautauqua County households with children, even if they don't normally file taxes or have a recent income. Nearly every parent or caregiver of a child with a Social Security number can receive up to $3,600 per child, and it's not too late. Learn more at getctc.org chq. It only takes about 15 minutes online to claim the child tax credit and learn about eligibility. The United Ways of Chautauqua County, proud supporters of community radio in Jamestown, New York. To learn more, visit UASCC.org or UnitedWayNCC.org. You are listening to Community Matters. I'm Julia Cisla Hanley. This Community Matters segment features the two candidates running for the new 23rd Congressional District. The candidates are Republican Nick Langworthy and Democrat Max Delapia. We pose the same questions to both candidates in interviews, giving them both two minutes for responses. In the first question, we ask candidates to introduce themselves and tell listeners why they are running for the 23rd District seat. We'll begin with Mr. Delapia's response. Good morning, Julia, and thank you for this opportunity to speak to your listeners. It's uh, a pleasure to do that. I think it's important for voters to know where we stand on issues and how we're qualified or not. Uh, So my background is uh, I was in the Air Force for over 32 years. I'm an Air Force Academy graduate, and I led hundreds of airmen and women under challenging circumstances, sometimes in combat theaters and sometimes polar environments. 9-11, I led with team building and collaboration. I didn't, uh, I was not to do this because I'm this. I I was more uh, into collaboration and mutual uh, respect. And I think that team building is what we need in Congress. It seems at this point, many in Congress are motivated primarily by money, power, ego, So that makes it all about them, and it's destroying our democracy. I would prefer to uh, instead agree to disagree where we must and then choose a couple things that we can work on together to move the country forward in a positive direction. Um, And uh, that seems to be the most promising uh, way to go. I'm also, I uh, practice law, own my own practice. I worked in the Senate as a Brookings Fellow for Senator Carl Levin on his personal staff for a year, and then I worked for the Secretary and Chief of Staff of the Air Force uh, in Air Force Senate liaison. Uh, that was in the reserves, and the New York National Guard hired me away to be the wing commander of the ski birds, the ones that go to Antarctica and up to Greenland. And I also work for Lockheed Martin in business development for five years. And I've been very involved in the community, and we can talk about that more later. And here is Mr. Langworthy's introduction. Well, thank you very much for having me and, and having the opportunity to spend time with your listeners on, on these airwaves. It's really important that we meet as many people as we run for office as possible. And I, my name is Nick Langworthy. I'm proud to be running uh, as the Republican and Conservative Party's nominee for New York's new 23rd Congressional District, and the district is, you know, parts of Erie County as well as all of Chautauqua, Cattaraugus, Allegheny, Steuben, Chemung, and Schuyler Counties. 
Uh, I'm running for Congress to to basically to end the revolving door uh, of of representation that we've had in Western New York uh, in our Republican congressional districts. We've had a lot of people go in with great promise, but have to leave shortly thereafter. You know, usually due to unfortunate circumstances. Uh, I, I would like to to bring a more stable conservative voice, you know, for Western New York and the Southern Tier uh, to the halls of Congress, so that we can once again restore the stature. Uh, to this seat that it, it has had historically and rightfully deserves. Uh, we have so many crises in this country that we have to tackle. You know, first and foremost is the inflation that has is, is really gripped our nation. Uh, the, the cost of living has exploded, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, trips to the grocery store, which are becoming major economic discussions for families, to the high price of home heating and and energy to transport our goods and services, as well as uh, gasoline to get us to and from work and school. These these issues are affecting each and every family in the southern tier in western New York, and we need to provide some real bold solutions to get there. And all of the above energy policy uh, that, that puts America first and puts American energy back on track uh, will be my number one priority in Congress. Uh, but we also have to be a voice, a loud and clear voice for Western New York and the Southern Tier and our farmers and our agricultural interests, our tourism interests. The first question is, what are your highest priorities for New York and the country if elected? Mr. Langworthy will go first. Well, I, I, it's a very uh, important question, and I think that we, we have to really look towards American energy independence. Uh, we had uh, policies in place in the prior administration that had us very close to that. You know, gasoline was somewhere around two bucks a gallon, national average. Uh, and even before Russia invaded the Ukraine, gas was up 49%. Uh, that is something that affects every one of us. It affects the transportation costs uh, for all of our goods uh, that, that get transported all over uh, the country. The, the, we've had a record high diesel costs, record high gasoline costs. And, you know, government at the local county and, and state level have used gimmicks to try to, you know, cover over the fact that gas is high. We've suspended uh, taxes on gasoline. I think that's uh, long term. That's going to be a failure because it's going to dig a, a deeper hole in, in future budgets. We're borrowing against our future. That's the theme of what happens in Washington. We're just borrowing against our future. And we've racked up debt that our grandkids' grandkids can't pay off. Uh, it's unsustainable. And, and the mentality in Washington, D.C. has got to change uh, with all these off-budget bills and, and giant programs that get passed. But we need uh, to, to reverse this administration's policies. You know, on day one, Joe Biden came into office and said the Keystone Pipeline is shut down. Uh, he used the bureaucracy to make it uh, damn near impossible for leasing uh, and drilling permits and he sent a giant, you know, beacon signal to the energy sector that we're closed for business. Uh, meanwhile, fast forward as, as the prices skyrocket, which anyone could have predicted, and now we, be we bow before Saudi kings and OPEC and beg for more production and more oil while they laugh at us. Uh, this is uh, not sustainable. We have American petroleum. We have American natural gas. We need to, to put those productions on the front line. We need to expedite that. We need to expand refining capacity while at the same time investing 
in alternative fuels. For Mr. Delapia, the same question. What are your highest priorities for New York and the country if elected? I guess, first of all, I would say I'm very concerned about the direction our country's headed. We're very polarized, as I said, um, and I think we need to change that. Our democracy, uh, we need to change the trajectory our democracy is on. We need to acknowledge the fact that many uh, rights are really at risk and uh, there's kind of an itinerary or an agenda that's been presented by folks like um, Clarence Thomas. Uh, it's made it famous, I guess. But, but those things are very important to me. I, I think it's very important that I do the, the most I can, the best I can, to prevent our government from getting in between uh, a woman and her doctor in the decisions that she needs to make for her family. And I'm very concerned about uh, uh, the marriage equality and uh, contraceptives and uh, respecting genders uh, and respecting people, the people they love and the people uh, that they believe they are. I think that's uh, part of living in a free society. And I'm really concerned about uh, the polarization that we face in government. It seems to me that making points uh, and, and creating divisive issues and using fear and lies to basically manipulate the public is not the direction we need to go, but that seems to be the way we're headed, and I need to do whatever I can to protect our country. I took the oath 50 years ago, and that's what I'm going to do. Thank you. For our second question, what do you think legislatively are the biggest issues facing the country? Mr. Delapia, your response. You know, um, it seems to me that uh, I walk, I talk to people from all over the district, and there's no one issue that every person cares about. But there are three things that I hear over and over again. There are fears about our economy. And there are concerns about the government getting between a woman and her doctor and um, her decisions about her health care and immigration. Uh, so if I were to take those in turn, I would say uh, the fears about our economy uh, are being kind of hyped a bit, but they're real. Uh, there are people that are suffering out there, and we need to do what we can to support them. So um, if you look at legislatively what we've been doing, uh, the American Rescue Plan, for example, uh, provided ass assistance for education, child care, nutrition, and energy expenses, but no Republican voted in favor. The Child Care for Working Families Act as well as the Universal School Meals Program Act, were introduced by House Democrats without any Republican co-sponsors. The Consumer Price Gouging Prevention Act to limit prices at the pump passed without a single Republican vote in favor. So all these bills help offset the effect of inflation, but uh, Republicans don't seem to be interested.
interested in helping families as much as they are in using the issue to divide us and to score political points uh, before the midterms. So we don't need people that are going to be divisive or hyper-partisan. We need uh, workers that are interested in doing what's best for the country and serving our country is what I'm all about. Thank you. Mr. Langworthy, what do you think legislatively are the biggest issues facing the country? Well, I, again, I'm going to go back like a broken record to an inflation and the high cost. But uh, legislatively, uh, another major issue that we have is our southern border. Our southern border um, is a very dangerous situation for us. And it's not because of Mexico and the U.S. and those relations. It's because we've had, uh, I think, 2.8 million people uh, come across that border in the last several years. And, and largely, there's there's giant swaths of them we don't know who they are, where they come from, or what their intentions are. And what is an additional problem is the fentanyl that the Chinese are creating, and they're sending up to our southern border, and it's permeating every community in America. There are 300 people that die every day from fentanyl overdose. It, it, it is a tragedy, and it has affected people of every walk of life. This is not just uh, a problem in the inner city. This is not just a problem in rural areas. This is a problem everywhere. And it's something that we have to absolutely stop. Uh, our southern border needs to be secured. We need to give the resources to our Customs and Border Patrol agents to do their jobs, uh, to defend our border, uh, to finish uh, the wall structurally, uh, but also to make sure that we know who's coming in and out of our country. Uh, there are people that have been on the terrorist watch list that have been uh, discovered to have come across our southern border. Uh, when when you look at how many foreign actors uh, look to harm the United States, uh, you can't have a, a blindfold on when it comes to southern border security. Uh, I, I believe that should be a huge priority uh, in the next two years for us to pass legislation to get things done to resecure our southern border. Uh, that, that's something I'll fight very hard for. For our third question, when it comes to Social Security and Medicare, what actions are you willing to take or what reforms would you propose to keep those programs solvent? Mr. Langworthy, your response. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because there's a lot of scare tactics being used because it's an election year and there are people running campaigns across the country saying that Republicans are trying to do something detrimental to Social Security and Medicare. Well, this Republican... Uh, understands that Social Security and Medicare are promises that our government's made. Uh, we have paid into our Social Security. Uh, we have paid into Medicare. Uh, and it needs to remain solvent uh, by whatever means necessary. Uh, but it's a commitment that was made to our seniors. And as, as you pay it off uh, and you pay for the program as you work, um, people depend on that being there. And uh, we will do nothing that puts Social Security and Medicare in danger. Um, we need to turn down the volume in Washington on um, all the, the gotcha uh, routine and in, in, in the gamesmanship. I mean, what Democrats are doing, trying to scare seniors on Social Security and Medicare, I think it's, it's embarrassing and, and it shouldn't um, go on that way. You know, as the country changes in, in, in people that are very young now, you know, perhaps there's a, a different direction down the road for them. But those people that are 
you know, that have paid into the system, that have been part of the system, that, um, you know, Social Security and Medicare is a promise that this government needs to fulfill. Uh, and I will do nothing uh, to put that in jeopardy. Thank you. Mr. Delapia, when it comes to Social Security and Medicare, what actions are you willing to take or what reforms would you propose to keep those programs solvent? That's an excellent question. Um, one of the things that we can do is take the cap off uh, for Social Security. You know, it, it is only taken out of someone's pay up to a certain point. And if we raise that cap or remove the cap entirely and just allowed the people to pay their respective percentages, uh, the Social Security system would be solvent for the foreseeable future, and that makes sense to me. What doesn't make sense to me is uh, actually considering, and this has been a public statement by uh, senators, uh, Johnson, for example, McConnell, you know, if you look at what they're, they're going to attempt to do, they're talking about re-evaluating Social Security every five years and some even every, one, every year. So if you can imagine someone who's elderly, who's on a fixed income, whose uh, lifeline, if you will, is Social Security, having a very polarized Congress decide their fate every year, that's, that's a cruelty I can't even imagine. But it seems that if, if they get control, that's where they're headed. And that's mean-spirited, and it's, and it's cruel. And I just uh, I want no part of that. I think uh, we should secure uh, the solvency of the programs and do that as quickly as, it, as we can uh, to, to get the fear out of it. Uh, and, and protect the, the, uh, the things that are elderly and um, are that, that, that they need for their future and, and protect that for the, the foreseeable future. For our next question, what is your stance on health insurance? Do you support existing programs such as Medicare or Obamacare? Do you think they should be expanded or do you have a different idea and how would you pay for it? We'll start with Mr. Delapia. You know, I, I uh, once again, this is a, a very important topic to a lot of folks. There are probably, uh, last count, last time I, I took a count, there are 21 industrial nations that have universal health care of some type. And there are many ways of approaching it. And I'm not hell-bent on any one of them. But it's interesting to note that the United States pays, on average, 2.3 times those the cost of those other industrial countries who provide universal health care, and we don't have it for our folks. Uh, so so much uh, insistent on the type of uh, approach that we use, but I think it should be a bipartisan thing that we can work together to make something happen. If we need to expand uh, the Affordable Care Act, fine. Uh, if there's a, a way to look at Medicare, for example, Medicare is uh, has an, a three percent administrative cost, whereas our um, commercial health insurance has a 33% administrative cost. So for every, do every $3 we spend uh, on commercial health 
premiums, $1 is spent on the guy on the phone or the gal on the phone that says, yeah, that's not covered. It should be using that money to actually provide care. So whenever we allow big money interests to determine our future, the people that do those dark money ads, we should be questioning why we shouldn't be questioning why we're not getting to the right answer. The right answer is work together and do the right thing for the country and for the people who need health care. Thank you. Mr. Langworthy, same question. What is your stance on health insurance? Do you support existing programs such as Medicare or Obamacare? Do you think they should be expanded or do you have a different idea and how would you pay for it? Well, this is uh, this is is really the uh, difference between my opponent and I. He is a uh, Bernie Sanders Medicare for all uh, single payer health insurance advocate. Uh, I don't believe in a system like the Canadian government has put forward uh, that uh, rations health care, that creates long waits, that gets in between uh, the relationship between the patient and the doctor. Uh, I, I support private health insurance. And, um, you know, Medicare is something that must be preserved, must be there for our seniors uh, when they hit, um, hit the age of 65. And we must make sure that that promise is fulfilled for Medicare for our seniors that have paid into a system uh, for their entire lives. Uh, but I don't believe that that program should be expanded for all Americans like my opponent has. Uh, the government doesn't necessarily do the best job executing programs like that. I think we've seen a lot of that during the era of COVID. Um, we, we need to have medical innovation, uh, and, and that needs to be done uh, not through a government-run system, but through... Um, a, a private pay system that we've had uh, for generations in this country. We should we should be tackling uh, the costs, uh, and we should be looking for in, innovation and inefficiencies wherever we can in healthcare, uh, and and watch out for any abuse of of those things. Um, you know, one of my greatest concerns is it comes to this district and what my work in Congress will entail is fighting for rural health care and access to rural health care. We've obviously lost a lot of population. We've lost um, a lot of our future to other places that have better opportunities, more jobs. Uh, And that has eroded in our population base, and it's put our critical infrastructure, like our health care facilities, in danger uh, because they don't have as many people to fund them. We need to fight for our rural uh, and our, our our smaller community hospitals. And for our last question, identify three national security threats to the United States. Choose one and explain your approach to dealing with that threat. Mr. Langworthy, you go first. All right. So our our national security threats, uh, I mean, first and foremost, I think the greatest national security threat and domestic threat for that matter is China uh, and the infiltration that China has had into our lives along with the espionage uh, that they've put in place. Another, you know, great threat is obviously um, the energy security uh, that we um, have with with the OPEC nations uh, and conflict in Russia uh, in, into Europe. But also uh, another international threat is our southern border. Uh, as we have a porous border, there's uh, a great deal of uncertainty uh, as that border and, and other countries looking to infiltrate America 
through that southern border, as well as obviously, you know, North Korea and the nuclear implications there uh, in North Korea. But I'll, I'll focus on um, uh, our relationship with China. And I think it's very important that we get serious about China. I believe that in the last administration, uh, President Trump had a very, uh, a, a much more substantive uh, role in taking on, you know, the Chinese prior to COVID-19. Uh, they have still not paid a price for what has happened to our economy uh, during COVID, uh, what has happened to the global uh, economy during COVID. But we have, uh, domestically, we have a, a great deal of espionage. We have uh, no respect for intellectual property. We have the Chinese government trying to buy up, and Chinese business interests trying to buy up agricultural land in this country, and I would try to take actions in Congress to stop that uh, and prevent that from happening. Uh, but, you know, they are also expanding militarily, and they're threatening Taiwan. Uh, we need to stand tall and strong against China. They look to replace America as the leader on the world stage. And the Chinese think in 100-year increments. In, in America, we te- te- tend to look in six-month increments. Uh, so we need to economically get very difficult um, and dig in hard uh, against Chinese uh, economic um you know, infiltration to our country. And thank you. Mr. Delapia, please identify three national security threats to the United States. Choose one and explain your approach for dealing with that threat. So three national security threats. You know, considering the fact that I spent 32 years in the military, I'm an Air Force Academy grad, um, and I cared a great deal about national security, I would say, first of all, um, one of the primary threats that the DOD has is climate change and all those things that surround it. When conditions become unlivable in certain parts of Africa, for example, there will be migrations that will be very disruptive. You know, and and I don't want to get. Let me let me list the other two first. Um, certainly, uh, we have a threat uh, of of not having the proper um, attention to. Um, strategic materials, for example. Uh, so what's happened is uh, we've got supply chain issues that uh, are uh, of great concern, and part of it is because we don't have um, uh, local manufacture of American goods for things like computer chips. And we need to do that and pay attention to that. And then last but not least, we should be energy independent because like those strategic materials and like those uh, uh, supply chain issues, we should not, with all our resources, we should not be going to a Saudi Arabia and kissing their ring. That has national security implications, and we should expand uh, drilling, and that's the inflation uh uh, Reduction Act actually opens up some of those areas for drilling. We we need to do that as a precursor to changing our economy from the current primarily fossil fuels to uh, a greener, more responsible uh, economy. You both now have the opportunity to make some closing remarks. You have two minutes for your response. Mr. Langworthy, you're welcome to begin. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity to be here with you today. Uh, on these airwaves. 
Um, you know, I am uh, a son of the Southern Tier. I was born and raised in, in Chautauqua County. I uh, was a, a proud 1999 graduate of Pine Valley Central School, and uh, the vast majority of my family lives in the Jamestown orbit. Uh, and it would be an honor of a lifetime to represent, you know, this community in the U.S. House of Representatives. Our problems are serious. Uh, in the Southern Tier, we, you know, are an often forgotten region uh, in the country. And we deserve a voice loud enough and clear enough to speak for our needs in, in, in Congress, but also as to the important issues as to where we stand in New York State. Uh, you know, New Albany and, and single-party Democratic control in Washington have been a disaster uh, for our area and for our future. You know, we need someone that's going to stand with our law enforcement, uh, stand up against, you know, policies that put criminals first, uh, we need to fight for American energy independence, and we need to fight, you know, Joe Biden's inflation that has absolutely crippled our middle-class family budgets. Uh, I would be honored to be that voice for you in Congress, and I humbly ask for your vote on November 8th. Mr. Delapia, you also have two minutes for closing remarks. Because I'm a Democrat, a lot of people question my what are your views on immigration? Do you want open borders? And I would say, absolutely not. But there are things that we need to do on a bipartisan basis to make our immigration system fair and and uh, create uh, a system that's in, uh, that's funded properly so that people who have a legitimate client claim to asylum can come here, uh, have it heard, and not put them through uh, a... Year, several years long procedure. Um, you know, Ronald Reagan in his last speech as president basically said uh, that while other while other countries uh, cling to the stale past, here in America we breathe life into dreams, we create the future, and the world follows us into tomorrow. Thanks to each wave of new arrivals to this land of opportunity, we're a nation forever young, forever bursting with energy and new ideas, and always on the cutting edge, always leading the world to the next frontier. Equality is vital to our future as a nation. If we ever close the door to new Americans, our leadership in the world is soon to be lost. So yes, there are problems uh, with this country and our immigration system, but we need to fix them as uh, partners uh, to make our immigration policy uh, work for our country. And last but not least, guns are not, my gun rights are not something I'm after. I served in the military, and I'm an expert marksman, uh, and I'm not here to take people's guns. But we need to think of policies that are uh, effective, that support the hunting culture, and keep our children safe. And that's what I intend to do. And I can expand on that on another interview. Thank you. I would like to thank both Max Delapia and Nick Langworthy for participating in this candidate discussion for the 23rd Congressional District seat.